Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. Here we're eating brains, mixing potions, and laughing at ourselves along the way. Now here's your host and favorite man-eater, Jaina Marie. <laughs> oh my god. Welcome to a special spooky edition of Big Lash Energy. It's that time of year again. That time when we pull out the smallest, sexiest, most scandalous piece of laundry that we own, hold it up and ask ourselves, how can I turn this into a costume? <laughs> yup, Halloween is the night to let your inner freak flag fly. And I'm here for it, girl. Not only do you have an excuse to get sexy, but you also get to scare the shit out of the annoying kids in your neighborhood. And you get to look like a festive hero while you do it. What more could you ask for? It's a win-win, win-win-win situation if you ask me. Might I suggest, however, that you either get your freaky costume game on or the kid fun on. Not both at the same time, because we're not trying to have you catch a case here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just for fun, I did some Googling of sexy costumes tonight, and I had a giggle at the ridiculous things that costume companies will make racy. I mean, we all know that Halloween is about making everything sexy, right? So for just $89, you too could be a sexy lobster. Yep, that's right. Or if you don't want to do that, how about sexy Buzz Lightyear? If that doesn't tickle your fancy, how about a sexy pencil or... Maybe sexy Mario, because you know that men have looked at their favorite childhood video game character and wondered, what would he look like with long spray tanned legs and a push-up bra? <laughs> Since Halloween is just a few days away, I thought it was the perfect excuse to tell some horror stories. After being a bridal makeup artist for 18 years, I promise you that I've seen it all. Family feuds, meltdowns, divas, a bride that I caught kissing the best man. Shh! And so, so much more. I've had a lot of requests for crazy bride stories, but the very last thing that I want is anyone sitting in my chair worried that I'm going to put them on blast on my podcast. So today, I'm mostly focusing on times when I fucked up. My very own personal makeup artist horror stories. Now, before I get to the good stuff, I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone who listened last week. The outpouring of support meant so much to me. And to each of you who took the time out of your day to write a review or pop me a five-star rating, I see you, boo, and I appreciate you. Really, truly, thank you. Well, it's time. Grab your bag of marshmallows and a cozy blanket, my friend, because tonight we're at a bonfire with flashlights underneath our chins. And I mean, really, is there anything more scary than bad lighting? <laughs> it's time for spooky stories from the makeup chair. <laughs> I'm not scared of typical things. For example, I don't mind bugs. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I found quite a big spider sitting in a very elaborate web that it had spun right beside my Peloton bike. I didn't have the heart to ruin all of its hard work, so I named her Marilyn and told her that if she stayed exactly right there, she could be my new roommate. No joke, for about a week, every day I'd come home and she was still sitting in the same spot on her web. I did my Peloton workouts right beside her and thought it was strange that some people would be so afraid. Then one day, I went to ride my bike and I saw that Marilyn had a friend. 
there was a second spider sitting on the edge of the web. And I was like, mm, hell no, we don't have room in this place for you and your boyfriend. Sorry, Marilyn, baby. I hate to do this, but you got to go. I've also had a mouse in my condo and it didn't really bother me at all. I posted it on my Instagram story and people were losing their damn minds. Like, oh my God, I'd move out. Are you kidding me? How are you staying there? Go to a hotel right now. Of course, I didn't want it inviting its friends and I definitely didn't want it to stay. So I just kept all the food or garbage up and thought that once it was hungry, it would leave on its own. Well, I thought it was cute until we found it dead under my couch. And that's when I learned that I'm actually quite afraid of dead mice. (laughs) An exterminator told me that mice don't drink water. They get their hydration from their food. So since my place was so clean, it died of dehydration. I asked him if he could let me record him saying that so that I could show it to my mom, but he wasn't down. (laughs) Ever since going to makeup school, I've watched and rewatched the gory parts of movies to try and understand how they did the special effects. So yeah, I'm not scared of much, but there are four things that I could think of that really make my skin crawl. Four things that give me the heebie-jeebies, four things I really don't fuck with. First off, I'm terrified of needles. I know most people don't like them, obviously, but I hate them. I've even had some procedures done without freezing simply because I was more afraid of the needle than I was of the pain. It's not for no reason either. When I was in middle school, we had to get our hepatitis shots. And back then, they had us do it with our best friend so that we wouldn't be afraid. Well, I went with my friend Stephanie. I don't know what happened. But at some point when she got her needle, she clenched her arm or moved or something and it broke off inside her arm. And the next thing we knew, she was being taken away in an ambulance. Then the nurse looked at me like, okay, honey, you're next. And I thought, nah, fuck that. And nah, fuck that has pretty much been the vibe ever since. So let's just say that now the sight of one makes my hands go clammy and my face go pale. I try to reason with myself like, Jaina, you're being silly. People get needles every day. But then the nurse pulls one out and whoops. There we go. My feet just went numb. What's really weird is that I get almost as creeped out when I put earrings into my client's ears. Sometimes their holes have grown over a little bit and I have to push a little to get the earring in and it feels kind of like a needle. I have to play it cool, pretending that I'm not trying my best not to throw up. Once my bride said, don't worry, it doesn't hurt. Just push it through. And when I did, a bunch of pus and blood went shooting out the back of her ear and I had to stop myself from falling over. Oh, so gross. Secondly, I don't like having heavy things over my head. So let me explain. Like, let's say I'm driving under an overpass and a semi truck happens to be above me. I pee a little, not going to lie. Or I really don't like being in parkades, like underground parking garages, because all I can think of is that if there was an earthquake or something, I've got like two stories of cars piled on top of me, along with maybe 35 floors of people's homes and all their furniture and everything ready to fall on my head at any moment. Third, this one's a little strange, but hear me out. I am very much afraid of the sound of Teslas. <laughs> it's true. The sound of Teslas makes my skin crawl. Seriously, what is it with that creepy sound that they make? I'll be inside my place minding my own business, and all of a sudden I hear that ghoulish kind of ghost-like hum. It's like, and I shudder. It sounds like my place is haunted. I actually did make up for Elon Musk back when he did a TED Talk. Do you like how I just threw in that little name drop right there? (laughs) I really should have asked him back then, what's the deal with that creepy hum? No other electric car sounds like that. Like why in the world does a car need to sound like Casper 
haunting my house. The last one, the most terrifying of them all, the one that gives me nightmares, the one that wakes me up in the middle of the night in a sweaty panic, no lie. I don't even want to talk about it in case I speak it into existence, but I'm absolutely terrified of sleeping in on a bride. The thought of it makes my stomach turn. Most people can sleep in and show up late for work. We're all human, right? We all make mistakes sometimes. But when you work in weddings, Sleeping in means possibly ruining someone's most important day, someone who is counting on me. So in my first makeup horror story, my worst nightmare came true. I was all snuggled in my bed, enjoying some much needed rest in the middle of one of my busiest weeks of the year when my phone rang. Startled, I answered with one eye half open and my brain still sound asleep. The voice on the other end said, Hi, Jaina. I think you were supposed to be here 10 minutes ago. I looked at the clock and waited a couple of seconds as my eyes finally adjusted to the light. Oh my God. It was 4.10 in the morning. My alarm had been set for 2.30 and I guess at some point I'd turned it off and gone back to sleep. Shit. Well, that did it. I was awake and in the worst kind of way. I'd rather wake up to my house on fire, to be honest, because at least then... I would be the only one affected. The last thing I want is to let down a bride or to be the reason why she's stressed at all. Right now, I didn't have time to think about any of that. I just had to move. I put on whatever clothes happened to be beside the bed and later realized that my shirt was inside out. I didn't eat breakfast, do my makeup, or brush my hair. I threw on a hat, grabbed my kit, and ran out of my place in a mad panic with Apollo looking at me like, what the hell, man? I don't even get to go outside to pee? I threw my gear into my car, put her address into my GPS, and my heart sank when I saw that it was going to take 40 minutes to get to her house. Because I knew she was probably panicking, I texted her, don't worry, I'll make sure that I have you ready on time. I'm sorry, I feel terrible. And then I started my car. That day, I was supposed to get the bride and her mom ready by 7 in the morning. We were supposed to start at 4 a.m., but because of my epic fail, I wasn't going to be arriving until around 5. As I drove, my mind raced with ways that I could fix my fuck-up. Then it hit me. If Ricky could come get the bride's mom ready, I would be able to make up the time that I'd lost, and we'd most likely have everyone ready by the time the photographers got there. But at 4 a.m., Ricky would be sound asleep, and who knew if she'd be able to hear her phone? I always say there are three types of people in this world. The first kind of person goes to sleep with their phone on silent. They have absolutely zero fucks to give about what else might be going on in the world. Sleep over everything. Family emergency? It can wait till tomorrow. Did your dog run away? We'll find him tomorrow. Struggling with something? Again, let's chat tomorrow. The second kind of person will pick up, but they'll make sure that you regret calling. They'll say something like, What the hell, man? It's three in the freaking morning. Why are you calling me? Then there's the third kind of person. When you call someone like me, I'll pick up at any time of the night. I could be in the deepest of sleeps. I might have an alarm set for 45 minutes from now. I might be functioning on zero sleep, but I will pick up and make you think that I was wide awake just waiting to hear from you. Hello? Are you sleeping? No, no. I was just I was just thinking about you. I'm so glad you called. Uh what what's up? <laughs> Let's just say I wasn't sure which one Ricky was gonna be. Even though we've known each other for like 13 years, I'd never called her at this time of the day on her day off before. I dialed her number and she didn't answer. I gulped, said a little prayer, and I called again. This time she picked up. Hello? Ricky, 
oh my God, thank you so much for answering. I just slept in. I'm freaking out. Is there any way you can come to this bride's mom for me? If you do, I think I might be able to make up the time. I could tell she was struggling to think straight. She said, um, I'll have to wash my brushes when I get there, but I'll leave right now. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? What person, A, answers the phone at such an ungodly hour and B, so easily offers to get their ass up and save you? Ricky does. Ricky does. Now, I was driving as fast as I could to save some time without running the risk of losing my license if I were to get caught. I also had to remind myself that I'd be even later if I got pulled over or even worse, in an accident. I had another 20 minutes till I'd be at my bride's house and now my focus was on how the hell I was going to make this up to her. She was for sure going to be mad as hell at me and for good reason too. Usually, I don't even leave a client waiting five minutes without a call saying that I'm going to be a couple of minutes late because I know how important the time is on a wedding morning and I don't want my bride stressing for even three minutes thinking maybe I forgot her. Also, our booking sets the tone for the rest of the day. So as I'm driving, I'm thinking of all the excuses I could give her. Like maybe my power went out so my alarm didn't work or my car didn't start. My dog was sick, but that's really not who I am. I concluded that I'd rather just be real with her and suffer the consequences. I slept in. That's all there is to it. I didn't hear my alarm or for whatever reason. It sucks. It really does. But I'm here and I'll do the best job that I possibly can to make up for it. As I turned the corner onto her street, my heart started beating faster. Fuck, how is I gonna face her? At this point, she'd been waiting an entire hour for me. I pulled up, put my car in park, unpacked my stuff, and moved as fast as I could to get to the front door, like as if the four seconds that I saved by power walking was really gonna make a difference. I knocked and she opened. I took a deep breath, ready to start apologizing profusely, ready to get an earful. But to my surprise, she opened her arms up, wrapped them around me, gave me a big hug and said, don't worry, these things happen. Well, shit. Now I felt an even bigger need to pull through with a bomb look for her. For all I'd put this woman through, she deserved to have the best glam of the summer. I walked into her house and passed her dad, who was not nearly as forgiving. He couldn't even fake a smile. He just stared at me with laser focus and his eyes said, How dare you mess with my little princess's day? I completely understood his frustration, but I pressed on and set up anyways. After a while, Ricky showed up with a smile on her face, ready to start the bride's mom. (sighs) What a relief. In the end, the bride was blown away by her look, and she was ready before the photographers arrived too. Thankfully, I worked my best under pressure, and that day... There was a lot of pressure. As we were leaving, I was struggling with my bags and the bride's father held the door open for me. He nodded his head with a little hint of a smile and I stopped, looked him in the eyes and said, hey, you thought I ruined everything, didn't you? But we pulled through. He smiled with a look that said, yeah, and I thought I was going to have to hide a white girl's body today, but instead I get to enjoy my daughter's wedding. I posted the story on my social media and the super sweet bride reached out and said, Jaina, you didn't have to tell on yourself. Everything went fine. I was ready on time and I loved my look. I said, you know what? It wouldn't be honest if I didn't tell the whole story. Plus, people need to know what an incredible human you are. Not many brides would have hugged me at the door. Also, not many friends would pull through like Ricky did. Sure, it was my personal nightmare, but thankfully, a hero came through to save the day. 
The next makeup horror story starts in a bougie hotel room on a sunny Sunday morning. Isn't that where every horror movie starts? <laughs> a bride and her closest friends were getting ready together, sipping mimosas and listening to their Getting Ready with Britney Spears playlist. I was doing makeup and they were helping each other with their hair. We were all enjoying ourselves completely oblivious to the terror that was just around the corner. One of the bridesmaids had brought a can of Sully Hansen's spray tan and was taking each girl outside on the patio for a little hose down on her legs. All of the women looked incredible as they took photos together in their satin robes sitting at the end of the bed. They were tanned, happy, and flawless. Then they got dressed into their tea-length dresses and loaded into an antique Rolls Royce to make their way to the cemetery. To make their way to the cemetery? Wow, I'm really in Halloween mode. They were going to make their way to the ceremony. I was booked to do touch-ups after the ceremony, so I drove along in my car. I arrived a couple of moments before them, and I was standing with the wedding planner as their classic car rolled up. Each woman climbed out of the car with a smile on her face. The mimosas had done their job. It was finally the bride's turn to get out of the car, and we all watched as she struggled to get out in her big, poofy skirt. Then she stood up, adjusted her dress, and looked out at the sea of terrified faces. We were all mortified when we saw that her incredibly beautiful designer gown was now Oompa Loompa Orange from the knees down. I guess when all the women had crammed into the car, their legs had been pressed up against the dress. And now she was standing about to walk down the aisle with a snooky colored gown. (laughs) Thankfully, the bride had hired the city's best wedding planner, Miss Alicia Keats. She always keeps tied to go pens in her fanny pack and was immediately on her hands and knees sketching all over the skirt, trying to do her best to bring it back to white. One of the bridesmaids had also put chalk in her emergency kit and she started to do the same. I pitched in as well and eventually the look of the spray tan had faded and the bride decided she'd rather walk down the aisle than leave everyone waiting for a moment longer. Ever since, I've warned my bridal parties about the dangers of spray tan and what can happen if you sit just a little too close to your friends. Long, long ago, before the invention of dry shampoo and texturizing sprays, hairstylists used to say that they needed your hair to be a little dirty. What they usually suggested was second day hair. They wanted to style your hair the day after it had been shampooed so that it had a little extra grit and a little extra staying power. One thing that was never mentioned, however, is that everyone's hair is different. Some people's hair can get really greasy by day two, and some people misunderstood the words a little dirty as to mean not clean at all. For the record, I don't think this is true at all anymore. If you sit in my chair with squeaky clean hair, we're fine. I have all the tools and products to create whatever look you want. Of course, some people also have poor hygiene. And some people believe having greasy hair is more healthy. And then some people simply don't have time to clean their hair before their appointment. Where am I going with this? Well, one thing you don't know is when you put a hot tool on greasy hair, it burns the oil and starts to smoke. And when it smokes, the smoke floats up and into my face. I swear one of the ickiest, most disgusting smells in the world is the smell of hair grease burning. It's just, I can't even explain it. 
and every hairstylist listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. Whenever it happens, I have to stay in a state of constantly blowing out so that the smoke doesn't seep into my nostrils. And if it does, my stomach starts to turn and I feel like throwing up. Not to mention, it's almost impossible to get volume in hair that's that greasy. Where am I going with all of this? Well, I need you to understand that I'm very used to people having dirty hair. It's just a part of my job. But one client in particular had me shook. It was a weekday afternoon and I was getting a grad ready for her celebration that evening. She had three girlfriends over and they were enjoying some girl talk and I was enjoying not being that age anymore. (laughs) Anyways, I'd finished the makeup, set up my hair stuff and I sat the client down ready to style her hair. Her hair was very long and very thick, so I needed to start by dividing it up into sections. I grabbed my tail comb, ran it across her scalp from ear to ear, and split the hair into two halves. I twisted the upper section and went to grab a clip to keep it out of the way. As I turned my head, something caught my eye. Did I just see something moving? It couldn't be. So I looked a little bit closer, and that's when I saw that there were tiny little black bugs crawling all over her scalp like everywhere it almost looked like her whole scalp was moving oh my god i'm not gonna lie i panicked a little i wanted to scream i wanted to jump back drop her hair and tell her that i couldn't finish the service but it was her graduation her friends were all there and i knew that if i said something it would be social suicide I excused myself for a second saying that I needed to go to the washroom, but I really just stood at the sink with the water running thinking, what the The fuck fuck do do I do do now? I ran my hands under the super hot water, I guess trying to wash off the heebie-jeebies, but it didn't help at all. I decided I was going to power through, do her hair as fast as I could, and then shower for like 45 minutes after. And that's exactly what I did. I went home, bleached, boiled, alcohol, burned some of my tools, threw some of them away. To this day, I honestly don't know what those bugs were. I googled lice, but it wasn't that at all. I also don't know how her scalp wasn't itchy. She definitely had no idea. The only reason why I feel comfortable telling this story is because no one I've ever worked on would have any idea if it was them. Because I never said a thing. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you're listening to this episode and you were one of my past clients, past clients, just know that maybe it was you. you. Now that I've creeped you out, (laughs) now that I've given you the heebie-jeebies, here's another story I absolutely must share with you because it's Halloween-themed and, well, it's pretty hilarious. This one takes place right after my second marriage ended. I was spending a lot of time on my own, and my friend Elsa mentioned that it might be a good idea to check out a new app called Periscope. Is it still out there anymore? I really don't know. Anyways, this was essentially IG and Facebook Live before there was IG and Facebook Live. I would do makeup tutorials and people could watch and then message while I was working and then I could talk and reply to them. Somehow, this guy named Dre landed on my page and we started talking. He was such a grounded, down-to-earth, spiritual person. He was so respectful and intelligent. And at a time when I was feeling so insecure and rejected after my marriage, he made me feel seen. He reminded me that I was God's child and that I deserved to be loved even if someone else hadn't done it right. It was like I was in high school again. We'd talk until the sun came up about everything and anything. And eventually, we fell for each other. 
We talked about my age, but he conveniently left his out. By the time I discovered that he was 12 years younger than me, it was already too late. I was smitten. I'll talk more about this relationship in another episode because it was super interesting and there's a lot to learn from it. But the point that's most relevant today is that his parents hated that he was with me. It could have to do with the fact that he was the son of a pastor who was dating now a divorcee who was 12 years older than him. It wasn't a good look. My parents weren't really keen on it either. I remember telling them that he and I were going to go to LA together and they said, oh, that's cute. Are you going to take your little boy to Disneyland? (laughs) Thanks, guys. He lived just outside Baltimore and I was spending so much money flying both of us back and forth for visits, but it really felt worth it to me. On one visit, I finally met his parents and after I'd spent a solid 30 minutes answering all of their questions about my life, my intentions with their son, etc. His dad, who was also the same age as my ex-husband, said to me, You sound like a lovely lady. I like you. I do. I just don't like you for my son. Oh, that stung. I wasn't used to having someone's parents not approve of me, but I understood. After all, he was a pastor, and I really didn't know how to fix the things he didn't like since what bothered him were things that I couldn't change about myself. Anyways, fall rolled around and one day Dre called me and said that his dad was trying to plan his church's autumn celebration. Of course, they don't celebrate Halloween, but if you call it something else, you can still get together in costumes, play games and give candy to the kid. Anyways, his dad was frustrated because he didn't have anyone who could do face painting for the party. (gasps) This was it. This was my chance, my chance to win his parents over. I told Dre, please tell your dad that I would love to do it. And I booked a flight immediately. My schedule barely worked. I was going to have to fly all the way to the East Coast for only two nights. But if it meant possibly winning over his parents, I would do it. That day, I went to the makeup special effects store and bought all the very best stuff. We're talking the same products that they use to create Hollywood special effects. I was all in. The time came for me to visit. I politely said hello and thank you for having me to Dre's parents. And then I helped set up the party that was being thrown in a musty high school gymnasium. I also set up my little makeup station in a corner and watched as the family started to arrive. There was a bowling game, ring toss, bob for apples. It was very humble and homemade. Then one little kid saw that there was a face painting station and ran over to my chair. I asked, what would you like to be? And he said, I want to be a tiger. I said, all right, let's do it. Well, I put my whole heart into that little boy's face. When I was done, he looked like he was about ready to go on set for the Broadway production of The Lion King. While I'd been working, people had seen the quality of work that I was doing, and the line started to pile up. Then a mom saw his makeup and said, oh, hell no, forget the kids. Mama wants her makeup done. She cut in front of all the kids in line, sat down in my chair wearing a blue bodysuit. She said, I have a party to go to after this. Can you make me into Avatar? You bet I can. And wow, did I ever. I actually surprised myself, to be honest. After that, it became apparent that the kids had lost the rights to my Halloween makeovers. All the adults were determined to have something done by me. One dad asked if I could make him a zombie. I painted his face to look like one eye and one side of his mouth were dripping right off his face. It looked super legit. Here I was in this high school gym volunteering for a church get-together doing makeups that they would have had to pay thousands of dollars for, all just to try and win over my boyfriend's parents who'd barely even looked at me all night long. The best part was seeing everyone I'd done running over to the pastor and his wife like, wow, "Wow, can you believe what Jaina did? She's She's amazing. Trey's mom would smile like, yeah, yeah, she's great. 
I laughed so hard when someone asked, Is that Trey's girlfriend? And his mom corrected her with a, That's Trey's lady friend, yes. <laughs> like, so petty, but in the most polite of ways. After painting faces for about six hours straight, it was finally time to pack up the party. Trey's mom came over to me and said, You've been working really hard tonight. Would you like a slice of cake? And I smiled a little on the inside. Had I won her over? Once I got home, I told Elsa all about my trip and she said, Are you kidding me? Those people had no idea who they had painting faces at their little church party. No idea, I tell you. Dre told me that for at least three or four Sundays afterwards, people would come up to his parents and say things like, Wow, wasn't that Jaina great? Those face paintings she did. Wow, so great. And when do you think she's going to come back? I love that I haunted them long after I was gone. I hit them with a little ghost of Jaina past. <laughs> Dre and I are still good friends. In fact, it's his best friend who made the damn Jaina theme song for me. We still encourage each other from a distance. And he told me that a while back, he mentioned my name at the dinner table and his dad said, Dre, you know we don't say that name in this house. Well, what can I say? I tried. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today to this Halloween special edition of Big Lash Energy. I'm so glad to have you here and I can't wait for you to hear what I have coming up next week. If you enjoy this show as much as I love making it, can you pretty please share it with a friend? I hear every time you do, a bratty child gets a toothbrush when he says trick or treat. <laughs> I'm having a little too much fun with this. I hope you have a safe and sexy Halloween. And until we talk next time, please go be your most fabulous self. And don't forget to spread that badass Big Lash energy everywhere you go. Thanks so much. It's Big Lash Energy. <laughs>